Now, Theodor Burmeister, if you could please come to the front. This guy. Unlike this, I need encouragement. I need encouragement. It was half past 11 at night. I went out on my little stoop in the flat we stayed in in Durbanville Central, half past 11. Now, Debbie and I, we weren't tight at that stage. He knew who I was. I knew who he was. I got a phone call, half past 11. Debbie says, I don't know why I phoned you. I just felt God told me that you need encouragement. So the next morning, we met up with them, prayed together. I could open my heart completely. And that was the beginning of breakthrough. There was hope in that time. And um, yeah, sorry if I get emotional about the story, but it's so cool um, during that time. So from that time, um, it was probably a four or five year journey. And um, the amazing thing is last year, so just to go full circle, um, last year then we trusted the Lord for kids for a while also then. And... um, we were at a, 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 a basically a, a, an equipping thing um, that the church had held, and there was a lady who sat next to my wife, and um, she said, "But um, yeah, we we had to bless one another. It's actually about deliverance, but then there was a slight gap where we could pray for one another and just bless one another before before we chase out all the demons. You know, it was kind of one of those moments." And this lady, she laid hands on my wife. She didn't know her. She knew who she was, but she didn't know her. She said, I just feel the Lord is calling you to be a mother, not just a spiritual mother, because that's what she had thought, because we didn't see God's promises come to fulfillment. Not just a spiritual mother, but a biological mother. My wife obviously started weeping, and she said, can I pray for your womb? She prayed for my wife's womb. That next night we conceived, and Beth was born on Christmas last year. So why am I sharing this story? Um, one, so that I can be vulnerable, so you know, <laughs> I'm also a human like you guys. Um, but but secondly, um, I believe that God has promises for each one of our lives. And um, oftentimes when we get saved, we see, and see those promises from God. But then through li- life happening and things happening, sometimes w- it, it can be that we let go of those promises. So um, my prayer today is that God would bring us back to the promises that he has for our lives and bring a realignment for us to hold on to those promises in order to follow him. And um, yeah, that's my prayer for tonight. So if, if uh, for this morning... So um, I'm just going to say a prayer, if that's cool. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for the privilege, Lord, of being able to share with your people here, Lord God, with each of these precious lives that you've brought here today, Lord God. I thank you, Lord, that we can see your work evident in this congregation, Lord, that we can see, Lord, that you are raising up a people who can be your ambassadors, who can represent you and and be your representatives by your spirit, Lord, to continue your work here on earth, Father. I thank you that you're already working here, and I pray, Lord, that you would bring alignment in our hearts, Lord, with your purposes and your promises this morning. Lord, I pray, Lord, that it would not be by might nor by power, but that your spirit would come and move, Lord, and we yield to your spirit, um, and we pray that you would make your word come alive in Jesus' name. Amen. So, um,
Dude, I'm becoming like Jesus. I'm preaching without slides. It's awesome. Yeah, so, it's wonderful. Okay, so, um, I'm just going to lay a foundation, and then I'm going to share a few testimonies, and we're going to climb into a piece of scripture. All right. Are you guys ready? Awesome. Okay, so, um, we preached this, a series on discipleship through the book of Matthew. We started at Matthew 1, which starts with the grace of God. It ends with the ends of the earth. And um, during that time, one of the things that um, challenged me was the when Jesus was tempted by Satan in the wilderness. So many of you are part of a fast um, starting today, I reckon, and tomorrow. So I did. So just a bit of context, Matthew 4, before that, Jesus was baptized. As he came up out of the water, the Father's voice was proclaimed over him, This is my beloved Son whom I love, with him I'm well pleased. His identity was affirmed, his calling was affirmed also through that, and, his, and, and, um, and right after that, that was challenged through temptation in the desert, which is interesting for me. Um, I want to say, just make a couple of blanket statements. First one I want to make is God allows the testing of our faith and character so that He can promote us. With promotion, what I don't mean is um, the house on the hill and um, the jet and whatnot, but God promotes us so that we are able to receive what He wants to give us. What do I mean by that? When God calls us, he died. when Jesus died, He gave each one of us an inheritance. The inheritance is not a pie in the sky when you die. It's something here on earth that He wants to entrust to you. But we have to be ready in order to do that. I read a story, Warren Buffett, apparently he doesn't give his kids money. He gives them businesses. Because they have to to learn how to steward that which he entrusts to them. So there's certain things that God wants to give us blessing and give us our inheritance, but we have to be ready in order to receive it. Secondly, each victory makes us stronger for the next test. Sometimes we cannot slay the giants. We have to slay the lion and the bear. And we have to be faithful where we are at in order for God to entrust us with the more. Thirdly, He trains us and equips us for every test we face to succeed in what He has for us as the Word becomes truth in our hearts. I remember when I taught my first two years, I had a class where one break, 20 of the 23 ate space cakes during one of the breaks. And I had them before and after the break. Now, for those of you who don't know what space cakes are, if it's only a, no a northern suburbs thing, but Daha cookies, it was crazy. I remember I, I lay awake at night thinking, how am I going to face this class? I prayed for strategy. It felt like I made no headway with these kids. It was like pushing against the wall. Only the next year I realized God taught me perseverance to move the rocks that stood next to the wall. I couldn't push over the wall, but I learned perseverance in my faith to be able to continue in difficult situations. So God trains us through these times. Thirdly, believers or disciples need to know the truth of spiritual warfare. And what, I, what do I mean by spiritual warfare? Oftentimes we think it's a spiritual thing. It's up here. It's only in the heavenly realms. 
the truth of spiritual warfare is more than just knowing and quoting scripture I thought that was a good point <laughs> okay it's not just knowing scripture that will defeat the devil in our lives it's obeying scripture knowing God's will and obeying the one lady had a word that said we're not just going to pray good prayers we're not just going to proclaim things we're going to act we're going to work out that which God has done in our hearts so we need to teach converts or disciples the truth of spiritual warfare. It's not just quoting scripture or knowing scripture that will defeat the devil, but it is making right choices according to the will and the way of God that will see the devil defeated. Amen. So just a couple of scriptures. I'm just going to throw that out. Who of you know God loves you and has a plan for your life? Okay, everyone will raise their hand. Some people might doubt a bit, and, and that's okay. I believe that's true. That's what the Bible teaches. That's what I've seen. God has a plan and a destiny for your life. He created you in His image. There's a unique contribution that only you can make to the kingdom of God. He had that in mind when He created you. And he, he, there's value that He placed on your life. And He wants to redeem that. And He's got a plan for your life. Secondly, who of you know that the devil hates that? He's not fair. He would do anything in his power to keep you from walking in the promises that God has for your life. He wants to steal that. He wants to kill you. And he wants to destroy that. That's the reality. And we don't have to deal with it. You can't ignore it. But that's the reality we live in. That's the world we live in. So here's Paul giving charge to Timothy. Just scriptures. This is my shotgun scriptures. Timothy, my son. I'm giving you this command in keeping with the prophecies, or you can say prophecies, promises, because prophecies, we proclaim the promises of God over someone's life, and it directs their future, it encourages them, it exhorts them. I give you this command in keeping with the prophecies once made about you, that by recalling them, you may fight the battle well. Holding on to faith and a good conscience, which some have rejected and so have suffered shipwreck with regard to the faith. What are the promises of God that he has spoken over your life? In order for us to walk in those promises, we have to contend for that. Our inheritance won't just fall on our laps. We have to contend for those promises. And that means reminding yourself about them, waging war in the place of prayer over those promises lord you've called me to be a father i remind you of those promises i know lord even though i do not see it now that your promises are true side note do you know one day we'll see jesus face to face and we will not need faith in order to worship him at the moment, many of us might be facing hardship, disappointments, trials, tribulation, unjustness, all of those things. In that place, we need faith to worship God. Do you agree? You need faith to worship God. You're never going to get that chance in eternity. You can only give that offering of praise to God in this circumstances. 
what is the song that's arising over your circumstances at the moment what are the promises of god you can proclaim those things there's a song that can rise up in our hearts during these times and it's a song of victory because we proclaim the truth of god's character and his promises over our circumstances even if we do not see lord i will worship you for i know you are and i know what you promised secondly in all this you greatly rejoice this is in one peter they went through hardship this congregation in peter they were persecuted heavily though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials these have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold which perishes even though refined by fire may result in praise glory and honor when jesus christ is revealed the classic um, comparison of the furnace which purifies gold when the temperature rises the the higher the temperature the purer the gold and the, there was a conversation of a few guys they spoke about all the challenges the churches and towns and everything were facing at the time and the one guy said yeah it's like paying tax so everyone was what are you talking about he said yes the higher the reward the bigger the tax so sometimes when the trials come when the things come it's true but there's a great reward in that so thirdly consider it pure joy my brothers and sisters and james whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance and let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete not lacking anything god wants to bring us again to a place of maturity so that he can entrust us with his promises when jesus looks at cape town will he see a people ready to run with his promises the reality is when we entrust with great riches and i mean in the spirit we'll need the character and wealth to be able to sustain it there's this thing of power and wisdom always power it breaks open something of the kingdom of god wisdom it sustains that which god does without wisdom god cannot entrust us with those things and wisdom it comes with character it comes with perseverance it comes with obedience in difficult circumstances can i get an amen so those of you who have bibles you can open to the book of matthew chapter 4 it's a well-known scripture there's a lot that you can take out of it i'm gonna hit it from a bit of a different angle today if that's all right matthew chapter 4 so i mentioned it's after jesus was affirmed and just before he started his ministry so his identity was affirmed by the father he had already received promises he knew who he was yeah and he fasted then jesus was led up by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil any of you ever been in the wilderness 
wilderness you you can walk around everything looks the same you don't know which direction to go it's just wild everywhere you don't know how long it's going to be before you reach the end of it you you need kind of a path out of there or you need faith in order to to navigate yourself through there so he was tempted in the wilderness by the devil after fasting 40 days and nights 40 nights he was hungry and the tempter came and said to him if you are the son of god command these stones to become loaves of bread the first way i want to say in which the devil comes and he tries to steal and tempt us is through the area of doubt doubt can everyone say doubt devil wanted Jesus to doubt what God was saying his identity in Christ if you are the son of God if God had called you to be a businessman if you are called to be a father if you are a, going to be a good mother for your kids if you are to raise kids up in the school that you've been called to be a teacher it's part of your identity then then he said command these loaves to become loaves of bread the crazy thing was jesus knew he was he did not doubt what god had said he knew his identity and god had spoken over his life so i want to throw it out that side do you know what god had spoken over your life do you know your identity are you secure in that to be able to walk in that which god had called you jesus did not try to prove his identity or authority by doing something out of the flesh or doing something that's in disobedience to God's word that was spoken over his life to obey the father was enough for him to satisfy him and there will be many things that come at you on this road to your inheritance one of the things is to know and be focused take ownership of the words of God spoken over your life because no one else can do that for you and to be content to obey and walk the road the father has for you so jesus quoted the word of god he made a choice not to be self-serving but to submit to the word of god even though he was hungry he didn't command the stones to become bread he didn't serve his own his own desires and he obeyed the word of god how often do we try and prove ourselves in front of people to to get affirmation or to feel affirmed in our identities or to prove who we are that's a place we need to take that back to god remind ourselves of the promises there's a scripture in one of the in one of the um gospels where it says after jesus had faced opposition from the pharisees that wanted to kill him that it said he went back to the place where john first baptized him when he faced opposition he went back to the place where his identity was affirmed where the promises of god was spoken over his life maybe you might be in that place you might face opposition you might be in the wilderness you might face temptation god wants to invite you back and remind you about the promises he affirmed and had spoken over your life maybe you do not know the promises of god for your life god wants to give you promises to hold on to to be able to persevere in the walk that he has for you secondly verse 3 
the tempter came and said to him if you are the son of god okay that's what i just read verse four but he answered it is not written man shall live by bread alone it is written man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that comes from the mouth of god then the devil took him to a holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him if you are the son of god throw yourselves down for it is written he will command his angels concerning you and on the hands they will bear you up lest you strike your foot against the stone crazy that the devil comes to jesus and he quotes scripture the devil knows scripture how crazy is that the second point i want to make first one was doubt second one distortion what does distortion mean um i did my learners for a third time in my second year at varsity and they tested my eyes and i realized i couldn't see <laughs> and um that, that's a, the, the the longest story but i just remember after having my eyes tested and putting on glasses it looked like my whole world was washed in omo now suddenly wow what happened you know and that's the thing sometimes we battle to see there's a distortion of the real of, of the reality of god's truth of his word the devil would love to distort the truth of god's word in our lives he quotes scripture to jesus here's the thing jesus knew scripture oftentimes as christians we will say we do not know the word of god or, or, or maybe it's uh, it's just okay to come to church on sundays i do not have to i do not have to study the scriptures or i'll do it one day or i'll listen to podcasts all of those things are good are you able to give an account of the word of god for your own life do you know the scriptures do you invest time and treasure the word of god for your life jesus was able to tell him i'm going to read it verse 7 jesus said to him again it is written you shall not put the lord your god to the test again the day okay so he does not shall not put the lord your god to the test i've so many times heard people quote scripture or play the god card do, do you know do people play the god card yeah as well god told me to do this and then how did god tell you to do this that's always what i want to ask them and they know but he told me but what it actually means is conversations over have you you've never experienced that it's only the weird people in my congregation that does that okay because i've realized oftentimes if that is god all of us are in trouble have you uh, yeah that happens so um jesus knew the father he knew this was not this the, um, what the devil ten tempted him to do did not align with the character of his father because he knew scripture and that would not be a testimony that glorifies his father oftentimes you're faced with difficult decisions if you knew scripture you know the heart of god you would not it would not easily be distorted some of us might be in a place where we we have a bit of confusion as to make decisions to follow christ god wants to bring clarity through the word of god for us to be able to obey his will there are two guys in the word who, who asked actually for this thing for clarity we always the afrikaans and english says solomon asked for wisdom that word wisdom means to know the heart and counsel of god in every situation it's massive like daniel and his friends they knew 
how to obey God in difficult circumstances. It's something that's not just that we do not do out of the flesh, but it's by the Spirit of God where He gives wisdom and revelation. But we get that also by studying the Word of God. So firstly, doubt. Secondly, distortion. Thirdly, diversion. Okay. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. He said to him, all these I will give to you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Diversion. What, I, what do I mean by diversion? Any, any Formula One fans here? No one. Um, but in Formula One, I'm just going to go with it. I'll explain it to you. They have a thing called a chicane where instead of going straight and, and, and having like a kind of a curvy, um, yeah, less angled turn, you can go through a very sharp turn, but it looks like a shortcut. But then you have to slow down. And what always happens is when the guys hit the, sh the chicane and they take the shortcut, is people pass them. Because it looks like a good idea and a shortcut, but actually it breaks your speed and you lose your position in the race oftentimes there are ways which looks like the right thing to do but it can actually lead to death or it can lead to missing the purpose of god there's a scripture in proverbs that says that it says there's a, a way that seems right to a man but leads to death in the business world oftentimes there'll be promotion put in front of you but that promotion might mean compromising on the character and values of God. And there'll even be pressure put upon you to do that. God has a, not just a destination for us, but He has a path for us to get to that destination. The end does not justify the means. If we want to get to the purposes and the inheritance God has for us, it will look like Jesus as well. Do you agree? In ministry as well. It's not through manipulation or being um, authoritative or, or ruling it over people or through um, speaking harsh words and invoking fear that we get people to obey God. That's not the character of God. It looks like Jesus. There's a choice that he gives us to surrender our will. He's sovereign on the one side or on the one channel, but alongside sovereignty is also human responsibility, which he grants to us to choose. So diversion. Jesus was not diverted. He knew the way of God and even the way of God for him it led to death it wasn't an easy road but that was the way in which the father received most glory and that was the way the father had for him that was a road he needed he needed to walk so I'm going to finish the scripture let's first do that <laughs> 
Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. Just up to there. Once Jesus made right choices and he obeyed according to the will of God, the devil left him and angels attended him. There's a reality that there, there was a song a couple of years ago. It says, let me t tell you something. It's for real. Oh, oh, here's the deal. Good fights evil every day. It's for real. You know, it's a reality. We, the battle we face, it's not against flesh and blood. It manifests in the physical, but in the end, it comes, it's a battle for the souls and hearts of people. And for us, we wage war in the spirit, but it manifests through our obedience to that in the natural. Our obedience in the natural can shift things in the spirit. So we are called to submit to God and resist the devil and he will flee from us. So we realize that that is a truth for many of us. I believe each one of us, God, to get back to where I started, each one of us, God, has an inheritance for us and a promise and a plan. My prayer is that it would bring us to alignment with that. Can we stand, perhaps? I'm going to um, just give it time for us to respond to that. school if Jeannie and them could perhaps just create an atmosphere where we can easily just fix our eyes on the Lord Lord Jesus I thank you that th your gifts and your call for our lives are irrevocable Lord God that the intention that you had for our lives, Lord, you do not withdraw it, Lord. You want to give us our inheritance. You want to see us walk in the promises that you have for our lives. Thank you, Lord, for your sovereign will for our lives, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you call us into your purposes. Lord, and we acknowledge, Lord, we, we're not... We're not foolish, Lord God. We acknowledge that we are in a battle, Lord God. We acknowledge, Lord, that there's opposition, Lord. But thank you, Jesus, that by your cross, you've attained the victory forever over darkness. And that your kingdom is at hand in each one of our lives, Lord. That by faith, we can grab hold of your promises for our lives. And this morning... I just want to bring bring us to a place where there's a call for God to say to say yes to his inheritance and his plans for our lives. Where some of us might have doubted God through disappointment, through hardship, through difficulties, 
this morning God wants to say His plans hasn't changed for your life. And He's got a plan. His plans are good. It's plans that will bring Him glory. It's plans to bring His kingdom in your life and through your life. But there's a decision. There's a muscle that we must must exercise through this hardship to be able to push over the, the, the weights that is in front of us. And that muscle is the muscle of the will. Say, Lord, I surrender my will. Lord, I desire to have your plans for my life and your inheritance. I want what you have for me. I surrender my will to your call, to your purposes, in spite of what I'm facing, in spite of the difficulties, in spite of of the discomfort, in spite of the disappointment, Lord. I choose to praise you. I choose to, to hold on to your promises, Lord, that are true and steadfast for my life. If that is you this morning, just raise your hands and respond to God. Say, Lord, here I am. Lord, I give you this difficulty. I hold it up before you. I'm going to give a moment for each one of us. I'm just going to give some silence while the band is playing for us to take ownership and to speak to God about that difficulty and that doubt.